my dad my we have right. two hives and it's all him and right. every father's day my gift right. is just going to the so hive since, let's, let's let's get going not for the bee talk everybody love the bees the bees are hot the bees are hot <laughs> bees kid they just gave up a goal let's not oh, talk God. about it yeah, there you go um all right so uh here we go ready okay all right McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks once again for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show. You are so kind and such a great friend, and you help power us all the way through the winter meetings. And now you're powering us to yet another of the the one of the hottest podcast topics or hot, hottest podcast platforms or forums that really there is in existence. And that is the trademark now, who says no, right? Do we have that trademark, Coop? We're working on it. I'm All talking right. to the patent agency right now. Who we'll, says no? PM. So there you go. Put it. Anyone who uses that from now on in owes us five dollars. All right, but it is we we see the people love this this platform this forum, and so we're going to keep on doing it. I we Coop had the original idea, guys. Sammy Gordo, how are you? What's going on? Good. How you doing, Bradfo? Great, sorta. Uh, uh but, you can't be great. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not even good. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still. Oh, you want to see? So we did. So we did the baseball the stages of grief. We did the baseballs and boring podcast with High and Bloom, and you want to see little pouty face Coop in the corner. There's a point <laughs> where if you want to go onto the YouTube and uh, by the way, baseballs and boring on YouTube. Also, watch yeah. the podcast there. Um. There's a point where he says the AL East is the most difficult um, division. And I kind of forget that I'm on camera and I just kind of like roll my eyes and shake my head. Like that's what a stupid comment. Not stupid. Wasn't comment, this, wasn't this after you, you kind of went scorched earth on him or was this before? Yeah, he, I, was, yes. I was asked to go. Very well said. So very well said. The fact is that uh, who Coop has basically demanded that his dismissal. And then he jumps on and said, hello, Haim. Nice to have. Uh, you. We I'm actually never that. talked. We you didn't introduce me to. We have we've been introduced before. Yeah, you, you didn't introduce me. No, I didn't introduce. I th- it was I all that was very funny. We were all business for forty five minutes. All business. So there you go. So, someone someone said on Twitter. It said, you know, I really uh, what I really wanted you to do in that podcast is just come out of the gate and said something along the lines of like, what are you doing or something. I said it was far more important that I broached the subject that he introduced Joe Kelly in the press conference at the winter meetings. So I felt like that that took priority. In a sense, you did. I thought that was a fair, me and my unbiased take here. I thought it was a fair interview. Well, th- thank you. You're welcome. You did. You got to the bottom of what he was up to and what he was listen, doing. I mean, I there's a lot of con- like, listen. That Brit- I, I want to give a shout out to you guys have great Twitter accounts, by the way, all of them. But the, I want to give a shout out to that British based Twitter account. I forget what it's called. Is it Flipping Bats? Yeah. Or Bats the one that said the one that compared the interviews that I do with Heim Bloom with Frost Nixon. Now, all of you, I, you might be too young to understand what Frost, Frost Nixon is. I was too young, but I watch movies and I know history. And I know that these are the iconic interviews that, Frost, that David Frost did with, with uh, President Nixon. And so I'm like, my day is made if someone compared my interviews with Frost and said, this is the Frost Nixon interview. 
of modern day baseball interviews. You have to do an Australian accent for the rest of the time that you do podcasts. There you go. Well, fortunately, I'm wearing polyester pants right now. So, um, okay, enough is enough. Let's get to what the people really want. They want the they want the fake trades. Who needs real trades when you can have fake trades? Very real fake trades. All right, who wants to go first? Coop, you 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 drive the ship here. Yeah, let's go with you. Let's go, Gordo. Well, I want to start by saying I think we could all use real trades too. <laughs> Would be not at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else they're gonna do. I don't know. I kind of like fake trades better. I'm gonna be honestly, because since we've been doing this, guys, I'm like I haven't come across a bad trade. Like if I all these trades that you guys have surfaced, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Why don't they just do them? And I can't believe that, you didn't ask Kyle Bloom about that. If he listens, and why has he not made any of our trades? Well, cl- clearly, yeah. I, that was one of the tough questions that I did not ask. So, <laughs> why haven't you done? That's what I should have done, by the way. That's Maybe round two can, of Frost Nixon. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can have him because he loves coming on the podcast, which we always appreciate because it's you know it's just chopping it up for forty five minutes. But maybe we can do, hey, Heim, I know that you just were on the podcast. Can we give you some fake trades <laughs> to see your reaction to? So that, that's a good idea. We'll workshop that. Jot that down. down. Yeah, I okay. got you. All right. All right, go. What, what do you got? All right. Um, let's. I'm going to start with. Okay, I'll start with trade number two because it's a little bit more pressing. Because as we know, the Red Sox are in need of a shortstop. So, I'm going to talk to the Milwaukee Brewers, and I want to get a hold of Williams. Here's a control remaining. 27-year-old shortstop stud. 31 homers last year. Plays elite defense. He's up in two years, and I think you could get him by trading Nick York, Brian Mata, Chris Murphy, Blaze Jordan. I was a little bit – I was hesitant on this because I thought maybe – Tanner Houck might need to be included, but I don't know about you guys. I took a look at that Sean Murphy trade and thought that maybe the trade market isn't quite as hot for prospects as we thought before, just because Murphy has one additional year. But from the Red Sox perspective, he's he's a right-handed bat that, need, that, that has pop, which the Red Sox need, as Bloom said on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Uh, he's coming off a 31 homer season, elite defender, 96th percentile and outs above average last year. His bat profile, his spray chart works beautifully into Fenway Park. They'd be giving up some good prospects here, and it would be tough to swallow. But if they think that Willie Adamas could be the shortstop of the future, obviously you're willing to part with your 5, 6, 13, and 15 prospects, according to Sox prospects. Um, Just looking back, Willie Adamas was one of the main pieces that Heim Bloom acquired when he shipped David Price off to Detroit. He was just, I think he was like 18 or 19 at the time. He was a little known name, but Heim Heim was on it. And he he really grew into a, a big prospect at the time. And then obviously the Red Sox and Brewers have had trade talks before we saw the Red Sox ship Hunter Renfro, Renfro out to Milwaukee last year. And the Red Sox hired the Brewery P International Scouting and player personnel Mike Grootman as an assistant GM. So there's a lot of connections there between those two front offices. You know that they've made trades in the past and can get, get connected. I think it's a very realistic possibility. 
So from the Brewers' perspective, you know, they were on the borderline of the playoffs last year. Why would they give away their star shortstop who just burst out onto the scene and has multiple years of control left? They've also got Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff too, and they're all on the same timeline. They're all expiring in two years. The Brewers are a team that hasn't historically paid lots of guys, and they've already committed to Christian Yelich. They've got six more years of Christian Yelich. So they all have two years of control. These guys' values drop dramatically once they go from two years to a rental. If I'm the Brewers, I'm entertaining offers for all of these guys. I mean, they're as constructed now, they are not a championship team. And I know teams out there in those markets often count victories on playoff appearances. But just like when they traded Hayter last year, they have to be ready to build for the future too. They're going for sustained success just like the Red Sox are. So I think they definitely should entertain offers for all of those guys. And honestly, for any of them, they're pretty loaded on outfield prospect talent. That's why I didn't include Rafael in this trade. Because I think, honestly, just in terms of pro- prospect stature, he's probably you know the most equal fit to be like a headliner in this deal. But they just... Every one of their top five prospects is an outfielder. They need pitching depth. So I think it's important to include a couple of pitchers in any trade with the Brewers, no matter who you're you're targeting there. Like honestly, like a guy like Hauk might need to go, but I just I'm a little bit nervous including him because Heim's comments recently have made me think that they don't really want to subtract from the big league roster at all when they're making trades like this. I don't know. It's something to think about because I, I really do think, you know, even though they've said that none of those three guys are, are going to be traded. I I don't know about that. I just think it would be crazy to not consider it. I well, don't know. You you guys well, tell me. Well, let me, let me, before I say what you jumped in, let me just say this. You make far too much sense. You research this way, way too much. Um, all of that. And I just got a notification. Willie Adamas has just been traded to the Dodgers. No, I'm, I'm joking. No, I'm not I, you had me there. You had like, me too. I, is, I look. Like, is, is, is this some inside stuff? Clip, is this Twitter? We, I was about to pick up the phone and just start the look, the look on both of their faces. I, I, you <laughs> see me look down. I mean, that would be that would be good for the show. That's good content there, but <laughs> lost go. opportunity. All right, now uh, go ahead, Sue. What do you got? All right, well, I got good news and bad news. Ooh. The bad news is... My first trade is also Willie Adams. That's okay. There That's we go. There, we're just cementing. Listen, this is the playbook to give to Heim. Yeah. Right. Well, if Just cement it. We All say, right. Heim, you Put have to take your Willie Adams. Here are your two options. Which one are you going to pick? Well, there so, you go. Yeah. The good news is I went about it a pretty fairly different way. Ooh. And, uh, I'll explain it. Well, first, Gordo, I like your idea. I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I love the amount of background you did. That's wild. It's a little scary, but... Um, that's some good research. Um, uh, I like it. Uh, let me pose my idea and then we can, uh, compare okay. and see, uh, what we like. So mine is Adamus and Adrian Hauser starting pitcher, um, to the Red Sox <clears throat> and the Brewers receive Sedan Rafaela, Blaze Jordan, Brainer Fanasi and Shane Drohan. So, um, Gordo already explained why Adamus makes sense. I had pretty much the exact same stuff written down. 96% OAA, good arm, good defense, good pop strikes out a bit, but Hey, um, that's fine. Two years, perfect bridge to Meyer, or if things are going well, extend him. (laughs) Sounds funny. 
Um, <laughs> but why would this make sense for the Brewers? Um, their farm system, it's not great. It's a little like, I would say probably like 18th or 19th best. Um, Rafaela, although he's an outfielder, like three of their top four, um, he's also a plus defender at shortstop. So he's got that utility. And I think he would probably, you know, fit in either of those slots for Milwaukee. He'd probably be their fourth ranked prospect as well. Um, Jordan and Banasi are also top 15 for those guys. So it would really boost their system, Drohan as well. Um, and the reason I included Adrian Hauser, Milwaukee's one of those teams who's always money conscious. Um, and as we mentioned, they have that Yelich contract, which they very obviously don't like. They also have six or seven legit starting pitchers and Hauser is at the bottom of that list. So I believe if the Red Sox were to take on Hauser, who makes seven, uh, he's going to be making 7.2 million over the next two years. So not a lot, but um, probably more than Milwaukee wants to pay their seventh starter. Um, if they take him on, then I think that lowers the price. Initially, I had like Rafaela and York, but then like Gordo said, after I saw the Sean Murphy trade, I was thinking, okay, maybe just one of those two. I think York is not as valuable as we think. Um, so I went with Rafaela, which would be painful, of course, because he's a great prospect. Seems like a really fun guy to watch, but um, that's the trade. Four prospects for Adamas and the Hauser contract, essentially. Gordo, what do you think about that? I love it, and I love the idea of getting a pitcher back, too. The one thing that concerns me, though, is just with these contracts that have been being handed out, I know the Brewers are going to be conscious in, in, about their finances, and definitely we've already seen them offload two guys, mainly for salary purposes, so it's definitely on their mind. I'm just a little bit nervous that a guy like Adrian Hauser, on the money he's on, can net them – extra value and so even though they're going to try to off or they could try to offload a guy like that they might be able to get additional value from another team as opposed to like offloading him as a as a negative asset i because i mean when i've come on here twice now and i think both i think every trade i've talked about on here has had some sort of element of like taking back additional salary and i just feel like with some of these contracts that have been handed out the the market is just completely changing like a guy like i remember i I talked about Lance Lynn my first time on here oh, thinking yes. that like thinking that contract could be something that we just take off their hands. And now after seeing some of the contracts that are handed out, that's like a, a plus plus, like they could get value for that. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point that contracts doesn't seem to be a bigger, a big or taking on money doesn't seem to be a big deal these days, even for like the sort of the mid tier teams, you know, you guys mentioned Murphy before I forget it. What would be, this is off the top of your head, and I apologize for not giving you the heads up. Knowing what they got from Murphy, right? knowing what was given up, give me the Red Sox equivalent of that in your guy's mind. Man, that's, I would need to see the trade. I was trying to do that today a little bit. It's, it's I mean, I, I posted a few Murphy hy hypothetical trades. I way overshot the price, which is- Well, everybody, everybody did. Yeah. Because Anthopoulos is a genius. Yeah, don't you feel normally it's the opposite? Like, we'll under- undershoot and then people will say no that's not enough but this one i was like wow i would have gotten scammed if i were the gym <laughs> yeah, yeah and the the top prospect oakland got i'm pretty sure is 25 years old so i was trying to think and he's outside mlb's top 100 so i was trying to figure out and he's like he was the braves top guy but they don't have any top 100 guys at least they all uh, are they're all the no top 100 guys in that whole uh deal back to uh oakland i'm pretty sure which is yeah shocking. so you know i was what's trying to Go ahead. 
Uh, I was trying to figure out because, like, as at least as of today on MLB Pipeline, like Blaze isn't top hundred and York's York's back outside the top hundred. So I was trying to figure out, like, can we take? I for, I forget the guy's name. He's a pitcher. He's twenty five. Came from uh, Atlanta. I was trying to figure out, like, is he is he Nick York or is he like is he Blaze? Muller. Like Kyle Muller. Muller. Yeah, that's his name. And and he's twenty five. It doesn't seem like he's this like crazy like untapped into toolsy guy like he's he's like a guy so i don't know like it just it felt low like i feel like maybe if the Sox wanted to top that they start they start the package with york and then include some uber young toolsy raw guys that aren't even necessarily on our radar yet yeah york makes sense he's like their best non top 100 guy other than uh blaze i don't know if they included well and i can tell you from even though he had a down year there's still like the cachet of being a first round pick for, for these teams. It's, it's sort of like in the NFL, right? So the NFL players, they're like, oh, why did you pick that guy up uh, off the scrap heap or giving him a chance? Because these NFL guys know that that guy was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, you know, and maybe he underperformed in college or something like that. And, you know, so Nick York, the first round like stink is still on him. And, and so, I think that that goes a little ways. And he also, he had a pretty good Arizona fall league, right? Although I think he was uh, banged up a little bit at the end and he does have the wrist and wrist problems. But so I want to go back to your guys' trade proposals, both excellent, both good. Here's the thing, like in a nutshell, I don't think that they do it because you said, so, um, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Who are we talking about? The shortstop. Willie Adonis. Willie Adonis. Sorry. It's been a long day, been a long week, been a long month. Um, Willie Adamas, two years left, right? Correct? Yeah. Okay. So the the prospect hall that you're giving up, I think that the way that they would look at it is say, well, we have Trevor Story sitting here. And more importantly, we have Marcelo Meyer sitting here. And Marcelo Meyer, if you, if you, look at sort of the comparisons of, of Bobby Witt Jr. or um, uh, um, Seattle. Seager's oh, the one you hear oh, about. Seager. I'm sorry, Seager too. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at those comparisons, either either you're super aggressive and you're talking about the beginning of 2024 or you're talking about, you know, I think in Seager's case, it was in the middle of 2000, or that year, right? So the middle of that year. So 2024 at some point. So you're trading for a guy and you're saying, oh, yeah, you know, obviously he's going to help us now. But the way they look at it is like, well, all those other guys are going to help us, you know, when we're going to get start getting the payoff of Marcelo Meyer. And, and that's where I think that they would view it. I might be wrong, but I just so this is the this is the other part about this. All these trades, they're all awesome trades. They all make a ton of sense. You guys have researches and have better cases that I could ever imagine, like me, certainly anything that I would come up with. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, Heim Bloom right now is the guy getting the five guys back for the one guy. You know, he's not the the, the flip. You know, he's not the, he's not the Dave Dombrowski, I'm going to get the one guy for the five guys. You know, so until he proves otherwise, we'll see. But so you don't I, think I, that'll ever change his whole – hunting for prospects i mean that's that's what because in know. my head marcelo well, meyer is that, kind of aren't that, we indicator. Asking that about aren't we asking that about a lot of things 
I mean, aren't we asking that yeah. about are you going to be able to compete with the high-end free agent guys? Are you, are, aren't we asking are you going to be able to sign an a extension for a young player that not named Garrett Whitlock? You know, all of these things. Until we see otherwise, we can't say that. All we have to go by are things like the Hunter Renfro trade or, you know, obviously the Benintendi trade where here, keep the prospects coming. Give us like the three extras. Like that's in, and honestly, I don't know how you guys feel. I'd be anxious to get your take on it. Let's take the Benintendi trade, right? So you trade Benintendi. Now, listen, he's not, he is what he is. Okay. I, 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 I don't, I get upset over the, like the Benintendi. The 2022 all-star. 22 uh, gold Glover. Okay. But the thing is, is that, so you trade Benintendi and you get back Franchi Cordero. Okay, fine. You think he's going to be something? He wasn't, didn't work out. You get back Winkowski, major league pitcher. Yeah, probably major league pitcher. That's fine. You know, like impactful major league pitcher. We'll see. And then, and then everyone's screaming and yelling. No, 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 no. You have to understand. They got three more guys. Well, this is the problem. If you give up, somebody who you know is going to be an impactful player for your team for a half a major leaguer or one and a half a major leaguers, like that isn't as good as the other guy. Like that's where I think the, it's flawed. And, and this comes back to talent evaluation and everything else, but this is clearly the way, you know, that they're doing business. And, and I hate to keep bringing up Dabrowski, but he did the exact opposite. He said, that's the guy I want. And, oh, you want me to keep adding guys? Sure, because they're not going to be major leaguers. And if they are, so be it. That's fine. And, and so in, it, I, until Heimblum does something different, I think that's sort of the tact he's take. doesn't going to prevent us from doing fake trades, but buyer well, beware. In your head, what is the timeline? Like, what can you imagine is the timeline? Because in my head, it's it, once Marcelo Meyer comes up to the big leagues and if he doesn't prove himself, then it's kind of like, all right, well, Fire sale and put together well, so, a like a 2018 so here's, here's World Series. An, here's an interesting. Here's an interesting um, quote. It wasn't from this most recently, uh, most recent Heim Bloom interview, otherwise known as the Coop versus Heim Bloom interview. Okay, it was that one's still waiting. <laughs> you want to see? I don't hate them either. Like you want to see that when the recording stopped, those two went at it. Oh man, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, but he talked about, you know, he talked about in the previous one, when I sat down with him in September about the Mookie bets, it's like, you know, he talked about how they didn't feel like they were positioned in the farm system to support a contract like that because, because, because you want to be able to maximize the prime years of that guy with, with a good team, with a good team that's under control. And so they didn't feel like they're going to do that. So that's what you have to factor in as well. So when they do this, if they try to really make a move on Rafael Devers and then say you lock up Devers as a foundational guy, the way that he views it now is all the guys that you're mentioning, those are the guys, that's the support system, right? You you have these guys under control to control the payroll, which you just put an enormous dent in with Devers. Does any of that make sense? Yeah. 100%. He, he said something similar on the uh... – uh, may it rest in peace, the Section 10 podcast, uh, like two years ago. And he mentioned the Yankees with Garrett Cole. And he was saying how they had a good team in place. And then they supplemented it with Garrett Cole. And that's what he wants to do with the Red Sox. And I think that's where we all thought we were after 2021. Um, we could recount that all day long. But if that's the case, and that's what he's going to do, 
I, I wouldn't expect much on the trade market. The no, only no, reason- I think that the guys that you mentioned, you know, you, in you know, Mata or whoever, you know, even York, honestly, I think that he views those as those are the guys, those are the support system. And, and, and he brings up Cashman, brings up the Yankees. I remember going back, this was the GM meetings when um, it was when they were like heading into a, a possible Mookie extension or talk of it. And I went to the, the GM meetings and they had all the GMs there. And so I went to AJ Preller. I went to Billy Epler, who was with the Angels. And I went to uh, Clintac, who was with the Phillies. And why? Because Clintac had just signed Harper to a big extension. Preller had just signed Machado. And Epler had just signed Trout. And so, well, what goes into it? And all of them said that same thing. The same thing that you just said that, that I mentioned which is we could do this because we had the farm system. We had the, 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 the guys who are going to be able to keep the payroll down while we spend on the other guys. Now, I mean, San Diego sort of like, I mean, they've taken it to a whole other level, but I get that. I, I understand that. The problem is, is you better be sure that those are the right guys. Because another part of this you guys mentioned is, oh, these guys in the top hundred. You know, are, how are these guys ranked? And I remember, and I can't remember if we, I don't think it was on the podcast. I think we were just talking after last time with Bloom. And we're talking about Valdez, the guy that got back in the Vasquez trade, right? So he was like, what, the 30th ranked prospect for the Astros? Something like that? Like 20-something at the most? He wasn't high-valued, and that's why it was a real, it wasn't a real head-scratcher, but it was also kind of like. No, but it was was like, yo, you got back, you know, this level And so what he said is like, yeah, you know, a lot of times those rankings, you know, obviously they're fun to have, but they're not reality. Like, and he mentioned Brandon Walter, you know, Brandon Walter was a guy go back to 2021 trade deadline. And he said, everybody wanted Brandon Walter because everyone thought they were getting over. Everyone had thought, Oh, we know about this guy because he's not on the list. You know, he's not on like the, the top, whatever hundred list. So, uh, so everyone thought they were getting up. And, and meanwhile, the Red Sox like, well, he's part of our top 10, you know, so we're not trading him anyway. So there's my thoughts. Wasn't uh, I don't think Jeremy Pena was a top 100 last year. I might be wrong, but I mean, did anyone world series MVP? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was just speaking about this the other day with someone, the top 100 list is a really good reference, but it's not the, you know, be all end all. It's just kind of a, you know, it's useful, but don't, it's not the Bible. Spencer, yeah. Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. Well, you, I yeah. Mean, you better, you exactly. better, you better. This comes back to when the, what the Red Sox are doing. We can mention all these guys, but you better make sure you're hitting on them. The guys that you like all the guys, because this, this is the, the other in, really interesting conversation. I think anyway, is the Yankees are, have been really good about trading the right guys, right? Like that's what you have to do. You have to sift through your farm system and you have to figure out this, these guys are the real deal. And these guys are the guys everyone else thinks are the real deal. And we're going to prop them up. And the Yankees have been pretty good about that. You look at some of their trades, I like, they haven't had a ton like who have come back to hurt, kill them. I mean, I, I, I don't know if top of the head, you know, I, I know that they've made some pretty big deals, but you know, have they had a ton that come back to hurt them and going back a ways, um, and we had Dayton Moore on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast, and he was part of the Braves um, organization before he went to the Royals. And John Scherholt was the master of this. 
the Braves were their master of this. And I think that Moore did a pretty good job in Kansas City, too, as was evident with, you know, I think that the Franchi Cordero thing. I mean, Franchi Cordero is a perfect example of this, right? Let's build him up. He's going to be an all-star. It's going to be awesome. Let's go. But, you know, you go. this is before your guys' time, I believe. But if you go back to, I think it was 2005, it was the uh, – it was Edgar Renteria. Edgar Renteria was with the Red Sox. And so the Red Sox trade Edgar Renteria for a guy named Andy Marte. And Andy Marte was the number one prospect in baseball. And he sucked. R.I.P. Andy Marte. Yeah. But he, he was not good. But he was the number one prospect in baseball. Now, they flipped him around for a Coco Crisp. But still, I mean, like that's what we're talking about. So I don't know which of these Red Sox guys they're hyping up and which of them like they're digging in. I think they're digging in more than they're hyping up. I think they believe in them. But, you know, so anyway, I'm trying to paint the the, the portrait here for all these trades. There you go. I'm going to step back because I've talked too much. Well, I know. Th- I think you're right. I just think it's a matter of doing that evaluation process this offseason. They've got a lot. I mean, we saw three guys go in the Rule 5 draft, and they've got a lot of guys – to see through and to figure out who's the real deal, who's not. And they've got spots to fill on this roster that it, it doesn't look like they want to give out big free agent contracts to, especially in this market. So yeah. it's going to, it feels like it's going to come, especially uh, after some of the stuff Heim said yesterday, you know, talking about the trade market, talking about how that's going to be a real asset to them in this off season. So I think we'll see, we'll see something, but I yeah. do think you're right, Rob. I do think you're right that the, some of these top guys, I don't think they want, like, in their perfect world, I don't think they want to deal from them. I think they want to, I think we're more likely to see a lot of these guys on the periphery, on the edge, dealt to try to get guys who maybe are coming off semi-down years. Maybe maybe it's an expiring contract. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look at look at some of the, you know, these guys, the meat and potato guys, there's been no Anderson Espinosa's traded. And I mean, like the, the, you know, the top prospect, Anderson Espinosa, not the guy what he became, but there's nothing one of those. There's been the Alex Scherf, you know, this guy who, you know, he traded, okay, we got Hansel Robles for him. And we have to, to answer your question. I think Coop said like, okay, don't you think it's going to happen? Don't you think they are going to do it? Well, we haven't seen it yet. We don't know. We have no idea. So whenever we throw out these Brian Mata's trades or, or um, you know, even <laughs> I don't think they trade Marcel Meyer, but the guy that's fascinating to me, and I like to, I like to get your guys' thoughts, the guy is fascinating to me in terms of which is reality with this, in terms of building up the, the value of this guy or actually being the contributor is Rafael. Because I, have, I haven't seen a guy hyped up. And, Coop and I are great friends with Raphael, aren't we, Coop? Best of buddies. Best of buddies. We, May, we maybe rivaled about. by uh, Miguel Blaze. There you, there We're you still go. waiting to talk to him to you know, bud that relationship. But we'll be there. We, we love to hang out with uh, Raphael in Los Angeles. That's what we do. Um, but w- with Raphael, I have not seen a guy like uh, showered with praise in the minor leagues like he was last year. I mean, and I'm not talking about reporters. I'm talking about, you know, coaches. I'm talking about the people in the organization. 
I mean, holy mackerel, it was so over the top. It was so over the top, it made me think, wait a second, this isn't real. Like, this isn't – and he's a good player. Like, he's a, you can't argue with how good defensive player he is. But how much of this is smoke? You know, that's what I'm sort of – it's in the back of my mind. Maybe none of it. I don't know. He, he reminds me a lot of uh, Christian Pache, um, where you saw the defense at a MLB plus level when he was in AAA, and they kept saying – Oh, the bat will come along. The bat will come along. The bat will come along. And it just, I mean, so far it hasn't. He's in Oakland, um, which isn't exactly an easy place to hit. But, um, you know, I'm not saying that Rafael is going to be Christian Pache, but I'm always, you know, leery of those. The defense is so good, but wait for the bat. And it's like, <laughs> when is the bat coming? I don't know. So, no, you just got to wait for it, buddy. Yeah, it'll get here. Um, Are you any patience? Come on. Yeah, see, Sometimes that's another thing. Is the, uh, we, we, it's annoying because you know that Heim's a smart guy, and you know that probably not, you know, getting rid of the farm system is the smart thing to do. But it's so boring to wait around and just. I want Correa on the Red Sox. I want Rodon, but yeah, he, he's well. Being... Again, even even guy like okay, so you want to you know you want to hold on to these guys because you say you the, he there's I'm not saying you I'm this is Heim. So you're saying that you want to hold on to these guys because these guys are the future. They're under, under control. They're the foundation and everything else. Well, let's take the guy who is we think is going to be the first baseman, Tristan Casas. Do we know? Like we thought, not maybe at this level, but Bobby Dahlbeck was supposed to play 80% of the games last year. And, and Tristan Casas, you know, he's got the need thing. Um, you know, he certainly he, he was struggling to crack 200, you know, in his time up. Not to say that's the be-all, end-all. But we don't know. Like, in that, I guess that comes back to the evaluation because we could say the same thing about Pedroia when he came up. Yeah. So, you know. But, yeah, to, in, in synopsis, yeah, let's go. Let's go, Heim. Come synopsis on. Get cooking. Being, being Get a cooking. GM is not easy. <laughs> no. I mean, I, that's, like, that's like the presidency. Yeah. It, it, you only wish it upon your enemy. Like, yeah. it's a position that you think would be great, but in hindsight, like, I don't know. You, you've Honestly, witnessed like, it with Boston. Like Theo Epstein is probably the most successful GM of the modern like baseball era, and he's been canned and not in a great was. way from Boston. Or oh, he parted ways. He, he was never canned. Yeah, but they it was it wasn't going to work out. He went somewhere else for more money. Yeah. So, but he, uh, you know, I, you know, I look at like having that conversation with Dayton Moore, and obviously, you know, he was there in Kansas City for a long time, but. There is absolutely a, a, a sense you can tell talking to him like, okay, you know, this is nice being the guy in charge, but it's also nice just being the other guy where I'm roving around, scouting, giving my advice, you know, doing what I really like doing this part of it. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, Getting we got any more podcasts with three other guys just talking about yeah. potential trades. Yeah. That's yeah. what you really want in life. I well, I do. I mean, that's, that's what actually, I actually actually that's is what I that's what I do. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I want in life. What do we get another trade? More trades? Anything? Yes. We do. Okay, let's go. Gordo, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll take it. In the in the in the interest of being, we're gonna keep being spicy here. I know we just talked about how how these are the types of guys that they're not gonna move on from. But I'm about to move on from Marcella Meyer here. So buckle up. <laughs> here we go. So the Red Sox are going to trade Marcella Meyer, Reese McGuire, and Nick Pavetta. And they're going to receive from the Atlanta Braves Max Freed, 
Travis Darno and Marcelo Zuna. And the Braves will eat, they'll give you a haircut off his contract. He's got 16 million a year for the next two years. They'll eat, they'll eat six of six million of it <laughs> per year. So I heard a report today. I'm trying to remember who it was from. I think it was Callis from MLB.com. But he said something along the lines of the Braves haven't been able to extend Max Freed to this point. Don't be surprised if if he's a name that comes onto the trade market sometime soon, sometime this offseason. So they've been able to extend basically everyone on their team. He's one of the guys that they haven't been. He's got two years left of control. We just talked about how sometimes that's the best time to get off the train. Although it's a little bit different for a team like the Braves, who's in a win-now mode. They've got a great team. They've got two years of Max Freed where they could really capitalize and try to win another World Series. But Callis anyway said that you be wary of it. It might you might start to hear some rumors. And you know, as we talked about before with the Murphy trade, the Braves don't have any prospects, at least that MLB.com, MLB pipeline, regard as top hundred guys. Their their farm system's been pretty thinned out by the Murphy trade and by the Olsen trade last year. Um, so while their big league roster is pretty stacked, they don't don't they don't really have a ton in the pipeline. Now, not to mention the Travis Darno aspect of the trade. He's not a backup catcher. They just got Sean Murphy. So to do right by him and to not pay $8 million a year for the next two years for a backup catcher, especially when they've already got a DH, although I suppose in this trade they would trade him, but you can sign a DH. Um, you could help You could help him help his career by sending him to a place where he can play full-time. And then you get off the Marcelo Zuna contract, and obviously we've seen – We've seen Marcelo Zuna have have his fair share of issues both on and off the field. The last couple of years, it's been a rough go of it pretty much since the second he signed that contract. Uh, and then they get they get back Nick Pavetta, so they get a pitcher they can keep the big league starting rotation filled. If they want to get off Max Freed, getting you know a top ten, top fifteen prospect in baseball and shedding some salary, you could do a lot worse than that. Obviously, from the Red Sox point of view. You get your ace, you get your catcher, you get your DH. Even though he's not necessarily on the best contract, $10 million a year for the next two years based off of what we've seen, not that bad. It's it's really just a matter of do you want to bring in Marcelo Zuna considering the, you know, the, the issues he's had both well, on and off the field the also, last couple of years. Both, I mean, in, in last time I saw him, he's hitting like eight home runs in Fenway Park. You he know. crushes it in Fenway. Yeah. So there you go. Just adding to him. Support support system. Crushes it Dude, over the, the monster I, is perfect for his swing. I mean, he's he's flat out stunk the last couple of years. I thought I actually thought, and, and this is why I'm not a GM. I thought that when he was a free agent, I'm like, take a run at him. Because it, to me, it made some sense at that time. And obviously that it wasn't too long after that, it made zero sense. But now it makes a little bit of sense again. You can't predict um, it. You weren't the only one. There were tons of us out there. Yeah. I mean, it made, it made sense. Made sense in a vacuum. We can't predict <laughs> off the field yeah. issues unless you can. But <laughs> and his twenty twenty yeah, well, was insane. He was so good. He was almost the MVP that year. It's called the cyclical nature of sense making. Put I that on the bumper. I can't put that on the bumper sticker. I can't put it in the ticker file. I can't stand how he has a neon green arm sleeve that completely clashes with the rest of his uniform. I, I can't watch. It like bugs me. I know. I'm surprised ML like five years ago, MLB wouldn't have like allowed that or 10 years ago. We're the that, fun league now. Yeah, the yeah, fun that, league. Uh, 
that bugs me among other things about him. Um, Gordo, do you mind quickly just saying the names again before I uh, react? I want to make sure I got all the names right. Yes. Okay. So the Red Sox receive Max Fried with two years left of control, Travis Darno, Marcelo Zuna, and they they trade away Marcelo Meyer, Reese McGuire, Nick Pavetta. Okay. So huge upgrade at pitching, upgrade at catcher. Uh, Osuna, don't love, but it's so hard to say no to getting Max Freed in any scenario. Like how many guys are there in the world on that guy's level? And we've seen him do it in October too now. Oh man, this is such a tough one. I think, <laughs> That's I, good. I, I think good I, would job, have, I would have to say no, but it would be so painful to say no, just because Max Freed, man. I mean, uh, it, it, it's a great, it's a great hypothetical trade. I mean, you got my head in a pretzel, but uh, I think I'd have to say no, just because of our previous conversation we just had about how Marcelo Myers, the future, what happens if we make this trade, Max Freed's good, but they don't win a world series. And then in two years he walks because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the Red Sox haven't been doing a great job of extending their players, um, breaking news. So it's unbelievably risky, but it would be so exciting. Uh, but I'd have to say no. Uh, regretfully, I'd have to say no. Gordon, you know, like I said, my goal in life was be, to com- be compared to the Frost, Frost Nixon interviews. You have accomplished your goal. You have Sammy's head in a pretzel. Yeah. Right? That's, that's all you want. About. That's what can I'm talking I, can about. Can I throw out a name that might make Sammy jump on board? But we have to figure out, and this might be on you, Gordo, to figure this out. Spencer Strider. Oh. Is there a way that we can maybe like take someone out? And, <laughs> Dude, that, mean, con- that contract is. You know, hold on, hold on I got another one. Um, how about uh, Acuna? Do you want to throw? Can, uh, if we're we talking about him? someone to build around, we're giving up Marcelo Meyer, who's supposed to be our future. I mean, Spencer Strider, a young gun like that. Come on, that's someone you can build around. Again, that's oh fine. for our for the Red Sox, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, you literally gave up your best prospect. I would, I, there isn't another best prospect you can give up for Strider. I would Strider. donate a, a limb to get Spencer Strider. Ooh, that is a good. That is a good offer. Take either arm. Let's let's care. start collecting limbs. Let's I think see, they would see do where that. that gets us. One arm. I, I feel like you'd it. have to go the organ route. I feel like those are more valuable. It depends which who's limb. Right. It. <laughs> it depends. Like for instance, it, it, it depends which limb it is and whose limb it is. Like let's take Dustin Pedroia for instance. Like I don't want the the limb where he has a bad knee, but I want his the limbs that he hits the baseball with, right? So it's good limb talk, though. Excellent. Good job. limb talk. Good limb talk. Always got. I like that. I like talk. that. The head in the pretzel. Boom. There it is. But I got to like, tell you though, I came up with this trade. I I would so not do it. I would so not do it. I just I think that there are ways that you can fill out your staff with with high quality arms without giving up your best prospect. But man, I, I just I want an ace. It's a fun idea. It's like when Coley came on. Yeah. Coley Coley threw out some some wild trades for us. Those were wild. That was a good one. That was one of the best. That was a great one. <laughs> well, that's I the, knew the key word there was guys, hypothetical. Yeah. I knew as soon as you guys had him on, he was gonna bring up the Tatis hypotheticals, and I was like, ah, I need the Tatis talk. The second that guy's that. on the market, could use him now. Did Why? You, uh, do we have? Do we need a shortstop? I can't yeah. remember, and I apologize. Have either one of you introduced the Zach Allen trades? I believe Pat did. 
Pat that happened. Was. Yeah, it wasn't me, but it was it was when we were in the oh, round table Pat. that came up. Okay, so yeah. after listening to Tori Lovello yesterday, like I'm I this talk about hyping someone up. Holy mackerel. He said that he was basically the best, the best all-around pitcher that he's ever been around. Yeah, you get to watch, you know, what the 40-something innings that he threw this past inning in person. You start riding yeah. that hype train a little bit, no? There, there you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Listen, well, how many I consecutive know... scoreless did he have? Who's that, Callum? Oh, yeah. That was crazy. That was yeah. nuts. He's really – I think Diamondbacks are good. They're going to be good. People are make fun of them, but, like, look at their no. minor league system. Did you see – I was ready I was ready to run through a wall. Did you see Tori, his speech? He get, I said, give me your speech that you're giving to your team. Open that day. Is, what was it like, go what? ahead and spend. We're going to slug it out or yeah, whatever. What was the quote? What was the quote? What was the quote? I think it was, like, go ahead and spend and we'll just slug it out. Go ahead and buy your team. Go ahead and buy your team. We're going to go ahead and slug it out. Yeah. I love it. So 44 and a third innings. That's what it was. 44 and a third straight scoreless innings from Zach Gallagher. That's absurd. And by the way, he told a great Studio 54 story, which is always a bonus. Um, it's still around. No. But, no. but if, if you're going to, if the, so the story, in case people miss, I'm sure they didn't, but it, the story was that Tori Lovello got the call up for Lou Whitaker. Um, because Lou Whitaker blew out his knee dancing at Studio 54. I said, if you're, if you're ever going to blow out your knee to have a, a good story about it, it should be at Studio 54. <laughs> so, anyway. All right. That was a good one. All right. What do we got, Sarah? What's happening? Okay. So, this is actually good. Gordo did, like, a wild, like, fun one. Mine might be a little boring, but I tried to make my second one fairly realistic and I'm about to reveal which Red Sox prospect I'm not too high on. So, <clears throat> Red Sox, who, again, I'll remind you, they need a shortstop. Um, Red Sox get Padres shortstop, Ha Sung Kim. Sorry, not Xander Bogarts. Who, by the way, I believe they tried getting when he was available. Oh, did they? It makes yeah, it I think they but... Yes, I think they were in the mix for him, yes. But go ahead. Padres get Nick York. So, I know people are high on York. Me, not as much. I don't think he's bad, but between the the wrist issue, the tools, he's he's got a good hit tool, but like I hate to rag on a guy, but he's got a hit good hit tool and and then what? Um a little bit Benintendi-ish. So um here's the reasoning. Uh, as we know, the Red Sox need a shortstop. Doesn't look like they're gonna be getting Correa or Swanson. Uh Kim is only 27 years old, top tier shortstop defense, 95th percentile outs above average um and he's not a great hitter but he's not a gaping hole in the lineup he's got a 708 ops 107 ops plus so he's slightly above average 11 home runs so there's some pop and he also uh, stole 12 bags why does this make sense for san diego <laughs> they have plenty of shortstops um and in their attempt for world domination they have completely depleted their farm system their number one prospect is ranked 83rd on pipeline and he's in single a that's Jackson Merrill. So um, he's not close. Uh, this would boost their farm system in a big way. I think York would probably slot in third for them, third or fourth. So he'd be top five. Um, and they, they respectfully wouldn't miss Hassan Kim at all. Um, and he could be a good, you know, stop gap for the Red Sox. He's got four years left 
if I'm not mistaken, and it only makes uh, seven million a year. Yeah, seven million until 2027. So cheap contract, good defense, uh, passable bat, nothing special, but not a hole in your lineup. Uh, and you're only giving up one guy, Nick York, who um, I'm personally not super high on. So not the most uh, exciting trade ever, but no, but it's good. Realistic, I guess. Can I just say this? that I am like sincerely blown away by how good your guys' trades are in, in all different ways. I, I am. It's, it's like, because I mean, we aren't talking, we have the, we, the shock and awe trades. We have like that subtle trade, which, because I look at it through the prism of, if I put this up on the website, is it going to look stupid, right? And none of this does. And none of, none of, all of this is, does exactly what we're talking, what we wanted which is let's talk about it. Let's have good conversation about it. And that's the Bradford IQ stamp of approval. That is, I, yes, I, listen, the, let me just tell you, I went to the Harvard of Alden street in Springfield. And I can tell you that the finest minds there would approve all of these trades. So excellent well, job. <laughs> what do you think? Gordo? Do you like that? I just keep picturing what Red Sox Twitter would do. If the Red Sox did a shortstop from San Diego, and it's not Xander Bogarts <laughs> or Tatis for that matter. They, they take Hassan Kim. I actually do really like the player. He's a great defender, and you're you're right. He's not a gaping hole in the lineup. I actually I actually think he's a lot better than a gaping hole in the lineup. Um, I think Nick York might be a little too high. I think you could get him a little bit cheaper if you're going to go that route because he's a guy who's under control, as you said, for four more years. They are not going to need a shortstop anytime in the next four years. That's a guy who, just for the sake of his own career, would be best suited to be cut free if they can help him out. I just, I think they can do a little bit. They could get him a little bit cheaper than Nick York, but I think it's a really good target. I, I do think that if, if you want to aim a little bit lower, which I could totally see happening here, he's a good guy to target. Can I tell you that what, like you said, talking about Red Sox Twitter, the reaction that trade would be? And Sammy, you tell me if I'm wrong. The reaction would be like, no way. What are you talking about? For two reasons. Number one, because people still know who Nick York is. Mm -hmm. They know that he was a first-round draft pick. You know, we remember the hype. He certainly got his first year. They, they view that like the casual Red Sox person looks at Nick York and saying, that's still part of the future. Okay? Secondly... They'll like to Gordo's point, they're going to say, Oh, are you kidding me? We have to take San Diego sloppy seconds at shortstop. That's exactly. what we are right now. Like, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, no, like, no it would, it, I would, I would trace this back to Nathan Fielder being at the wild card game between the Mets and he, it was the Mets and the Padres, wasn't it? And this was just one giant bit by him to like just piss off all of baseball. It was him all along. So I think that's true. Um, but like, who cares? No, I know. Well, well, Certainly you know, not Heim. Heim doesn't yes, care. I mean, no. I doesn't care. Um, it would be, I mean, come on. That would be one of the most fun two, three hours on Twitter we've ever had. The freakouts would be amazing. But you know what's funny is, uh, was it 2020 when Nick York was drafted? I remember yeah. people freaking out. Why would you get this guy first? He was projected to go in the yeah, second. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I remember. But then but then it was spun. Oh, what they're doing is they're saving money for Blaze Jordan and see yeah. what they're doing and this and that. And then and then he's invited to spring training. Oh, no. Before that, 
you have the alternate site. Oh my goodness! Did you see what he did against um, who was it? He got a hit off of Maldi, right? or something. Something. Someone, I don't know, someone good. But yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. Like, how, oh, uh... kid, he was just in high school, and then he gets to spring training and being there. So it was like fun every time he got up because you're like, there's. I don't know if you know this. He was at his, his prom like you know, less than a year ago, and <laughs> and he does really well, and that's great. So. Yeah, at that initial time, but then anyone's sort of like, okay, we love Nick York, and he didn't have a great year, but he did have. The, my point is, the jerseys is still out, but still, I think the consensus for the casual fan is they they think Nick York is part of the future of the Red Sox, and they don't want the sloppy seconds from the Padres. Fair. That's I, I think you're exactly right. I just think it's. 100%. Uh, Funny how things change, how Haim is, what's he doing? Oh, he's actually really smart. This kid's great. Oh, he's hurt? No, he's not that yeah. good. So, I don't know. That's why I reserve uh, judgment. But I'm just slowly but surely, I'm kind of like. It's funny because Coop wanted to ask Haim Bloom the uh, the Nick York question, didn't you, Coop? Didn't you well, want to ask What that? the hell are we doing with him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's this guy doing? Is he just like, do we know he's weird. still around? We got to like minute forty seven, and, and Coop was like, "Like Coop, I would let you ask the what the, what the hell were we doing with Nick York question, but we, we're, we're, we're fresh out of time." We're I should have just like chimed in and be like, "Hey, I know that we're concerned about this Xander Bogarts guy. Completely <laughs> honest, I don't know who he is. I just pay attention to the prospects." Uh, but Nick York, when's he coming up? Let me <laughs> ask you, Marcelo Meyer, how awesome is um, he really? How? Like, how good is his hair? When he hit the home run off Nathan Ovaldi in spring training, what what like how rare is something like that? You were hyped up about that, weren't you? Oh well, listen, I was just hyped up because I was able to actually use my te- technical skills, my editing skills, and get this the sound of that that hit. Do you guys remember this, by the way? Absolutely. Marcelo Meyer hitting the home crazy. run off of. Who so could I, I was I was down I was front and center, which is great because it was like a it was a, a inner squad scrimmage or whatever, and but I didn't realize that I got the sound. Forget about like the the home run, which was a great home run. Although I don't think Evaldi was thrilled, but but the sound of that was so awesome. Ball off the bat. I mean, oh man, was this before or after running into Donahue? Donahue. Is it Donahue or Donahue? The uh, Garrett Whitlock's buddy there. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, no, that I don't. That was after. That was yeah. after. Yeah, that was. Uh, Those are the highlights of spring training. Yeah, listen. It's a, it's a, are you guys psyched for the WBC? Yes, oh, because no Red Sox pitchers so far, right? Mm. None. Yes. So then I'm excited. Like- Good. I might go. I my buddy's getting married. There's a chance he's having his bachelor party out out for the WBC. Still, the jury's out on it, but he said he was thinking about it. And if he, if he does it, I'm there. So you should go. I've been to two. They're they're awesome. Those games yeah, you've are been really, kind of like a like a soccer game vibe. Very uh, patriotic. Patriotic. I went to uh, Dominican Republic versus Japan, and then Dominican Republic versus uh, Puerto Rico. It was awesome. Oh, I, so I, I kind of want to get myself That's a Daniel awesome. Bard jersey since he was announced today. Yeah. Oh, was he announced? Yeah. Yeah. Baseball isn't boring. Tweeted about it. All right. <laughs> That's All right. crazy. Listen, Brad, Daniel Bard, Bradfoe Show Hall of Famer. Friend of the program. No, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. You can still be a, a friend of the program and be a Hall of Famer. Yes. Now, the, who, is, uh, who is now eligible? Who did you say was eligible? 
is Brock eligible? Or it would be Porcello. Oh, Porcello. Porcello. That's right. Porcello, Porcello retired. He's a first, congratulations, Rick Porcello. You're eligible for the Brad Fosho Hall of Fame. Rob, you're so you're so good at like loosening up the players. I feel like when they go on a lot of podcasts, they're very kind of like, you know, been PR trained and everything. I know how that goes, but I feel like they they like lighten up with you. You know why? We drink. Uh, <laughs> that was the a great key, interview. The key is, um, either go to Ortiz's charity event or yeah. go to uh, no, I, I, no, I, no. Rick Porcello was not drinking in that podcast. Although I have done uh, podcasts where Rick Porcello has been drinking, <laughs> along with our good friend Joe Kelly. This is if you can get a guy to drink in a podcast, like you've accomplished something. It's always going to be better by the end of it. Also, and we've talked about the Coop and I've talked about this is that and this goes back to the Bogarts uh, podcast in spring training that like if you get a guy, get a guy to swear, you know, you have him in the rocking chair, right? Like we're just two guys chopping up. He's swearing like he's cursing. He's so the there boys. you go. Right. But yeah, it's listen. I mean, honestly, it's all those guys. It's. It's it, those are good guys, man. Like, and I don't want to like old man yelling in the clouds, but still, it's. And I think that you know Cooper's around this year too. I think there's some good guys on this team that we had a lot of fun. I, like the guy that like I honestly didn't even know that well that came on the podcast, and we just had this a, a pretty good conversation with Cassis, right, Coop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I was very shocked because at the end he was like, "I didn't know it was that type of podcast." Well, we literally, we literally just we were supposed to do Hosmer that day. And and Cassis was just standing there and said, "Hey, can you come do our podcast?" And he's like, "Okay." And then we just started talking. And he's gonna he's he's I look forward to talking with him in the future, man. Like, I, he's he's got a quirky personality. He, I think Schreiber is my favorite. The what? What's up, Sam? I was saying Costas is an internet kid. Like he grew up in the age of like social media. Like he gets how this goes and everything. I feel like the the younger guys who are coming up, they're going to be more and more you know, applicable for a format like this where they can be loose and uh, you're not, I mean, we're all casual here. You're not like buttoned up and, you know, formal, intimidating to them. So um, eh, it's casual. I feel like keeping it casual gets better. Yeah, better well, you, you just can't go in with a list. You, you can't, can't go, go I'm not trying to get them. Like, that's nah, all, nah, I feel like that's I what mean, they care. Like, they don't just want to get got. You, you have to, you know what you have to get to, right? You have the like the three things that you have to get to. Like when I say to Rick, when I get Rick Porcello, I'm going to be like, at some point, I'm going to ask him, hey, have you retired? And when he says, I haven't formally retired, I say, well, you can formally retire by speaking to this microphone. That's how it works. There is no more formal way of retiring than speaking into my phone. So there you go. But you know, you're going to get there. But that doesn't mean like it has to be the whole thing. And, and, and really it's like, isn't the whole thing Like we talk, you know, and a lot of times when you're talking to these guys, it's, you want to talk about more, whatever, something that maybe you didn't get a chance to talk to. Like for instance, Coop, I want to talk to Casas. He wasn't in the Dominican Harley at all. Or what was it? Puerto Rico or Dominican, right? He's in the Dominican winter league right now. Or do you mean oh, like, is. where, he where is he from? What do you, cause he's playing in the Dominican winter league. No, he came, he came home. He came home. Oh yeah. He was in the Dominican summer league. But he was didn't it? go back, right? He got hurt. No, and no, went back, no. He right? was in the winter league. Yeah. So he came home. Really? He was hurt. But but he's talking about how he was going to come back wearing chains and having a, a fire truck tattoo behind his ear and all that stuff. Like, okay, like 
Let's talk. Uh, I would like, okay, give me, give me, I don't care about anything else other than that. Like, what is that whole thing? Because you get a feeling that he's going to have some story about how he tried to improve his quickness by chasing the chicken around a corral or something like that. So it's, yeah. So it's Papabon. Brand building. Who, who, by the way, I talked to like 20 minutes ago. How's he doing? He said, because uh, we're, we're negotiating some things. And um, he said that I can't call him tomorrow because he has a casino in his house and he's having some friends over. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we've, we've seen the casino. He put it up uh, the last <laughs> time we recorded with him. I said um, to him, he's like, oh, my, my cell reception isn't great in the bunker. I said, oh, that's the price you pay for having a mansion. He's like, no, in the bunker. I'm like, okay. There you go. With him, oh. it literally could mean bunker. But when you talk about like good interviews that we had and guys that we need to circle back with, especially right now, is that Kelly? He was all in on the Winter Classic, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, gotta, he, he's also an internet guy. I see him chime in mm-hmm. a lot on yeah. Twitter. He's, he's definitely a guy to tap into. Hopefully so, he has a good career. So what, one of the goals of this podcast is that we want to define the walk-in music for every reliever on the Red Sox. As we've said, Zach Kelly came on the show a couple of weeks ago, and, he, and we said, listen, I don't, you guys might suck, but we're going to make sure that you guys have the best collection of walk-in music. So we had Schreiber, um, which was mud uh, shovel, mud shovel, yeah, good, good mud shovel. And Zach Kelly already had a good one, like so it wasn't like, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like I'm like you got a good one right there. And then when I saw Matt Barnes down at the Ortiz thing, I said, well, you're next. So he's next, although someone said he has the best one. I don't even know what it no, was. He doesn't. What's Kenley Jansen? We know Kenley Jansen's walking music. I have no so idea. So I actually looked into this. He had Ooh, good. Yeah. He had California Love when he was at the Dodgers. And then with the Braves, it was something about Atlanta. So, it, it, so are we based on it? Is it are, yeah, I was gonna get you said, We're gonna get dropped get Murphy's? Is it gonna be the return? Getting it back? Like, have you ever got? Have you guys ever heard that song? Shipping up to Boston, you'd love it. <laughs> and they use it in quality. And this is just my opinion here. You guys can tell me what you think, but they use it in such a bad spot right now because they only use it when you're going into the bottom of the ninth. Which oh no, like ninety five percent of the time you're losing. It's like they're down by like eight and they start playing shipping up to Boston. It's but like, if you got a, if you got a crowd and it's a close game though this oh, past yeah. year it was it was rough. Like you'd get it in like some, they need to know when to play it. Like if it's tied or if it's like within like a run or two. Oh yeah. Then go for it. Yeah. But you get the crowd going. Can I pose a question? Go for it. Yes. I want, so I like sweet Caroline first, but I want it banned. If the Red Sox are down by more than three runs, we can't be singing and, you know, having a good time if we're getting smoked. I think it can only be played if it's tied or we're winning. Right. I mean, I think this is like the participation trophy era that we're dealing with. Let's, let's give that the stiff arm. All right, so I'm with close you. Close game. Close game. They don't have to be winning, but it's got to be close to the point where, like, getting hyped up doesn't make us feel stupid. Right. And you know what we can, what we can do? We can say, okay, here's, here's, our, here's our offer. You do that. You can't play it. What do you say? Three within three runs? Three runs is the max. You can't be okay. down by more than three. Otherwise, it's and, like. And, but what and, if you just uh, blew a lead? Mm. you do need like a, someone to check the vibe if it's like a bad three run deficit then you got to have like a a millennial to be like Ooh. you mean like an actual dj like up there they just be like all right this isn't the this isn't the mood of the club right now 
They need a new role for the Red Sox. Cool. Can, can we can we advertise uh, for a new job listing? Vibe checker. Yeah, vibe checker. Exactly, yes. I'll, hey, we'll get Heim back on the podcast. We'll be like, hey, you need to open up some new job opportunities. <laughs> oh, that might be a, a BOH though. I feel like that's more BOH. I right? think it's more of a Sam Kennedy. Sam Kennedy. Vibe. Sam Kennedy's forte. Yeah. Though Sam Kennedy wants to keep sweet Caroline. I can tell you that much. Well. You know, uh, okay, so in, in exchange for the three-run rule, I think that you could also like send the olive branch up. If you give ten runs, you get free tacos. Yeah. I mean, can, can you imagine if <laughs> when Sweet Caroline's supposed to come on, the PA announcer goes, "Sorry, Red Sox fans, the vibe checker has determined that it's not appropriate <laughs> to play Sweet Caroline." Just got to sit there in silence. All the fans are like, no, "Yeah, no, no music not happening." I think there's a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to this vibe checker job. I think this is something oh, yeah. that we should this 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 uh this let's put this out to the public coop. Let's find vibe a vibe checker. checker for the next year. Yeah, just, I'll I'll make like a LinkedIn posting or something. Vibe for it. checker just just to determine if Sweet Caroline is appropriate for each game. Perfect. I love it. All right. I love it. We solved a lot of problems today, guys. Thanks for hanging on. So uh, it's excellent job with everybody. Um, this is a lot of fun. We should do it again. I, I enjoy these. Yes, and um, and uh, so keep the trades coming. Uh, I'll post them. I'll see what the reaction is because that's the, that's the next level of this, right? We have to get the reaction. We have to get the conversation. But once again, I appreciate guys. You wait, I kept you way, way too long, but we'll do it again real, real soon. And um, keep the fake trades coming. Fake trades are the best in synopsis. Fake trades turn into real trades.